Welcome, traders. Welcome to the SPACs attack. Let's get this thing started. How we doing, traders? Welcome and welcome to the SPACs Attack. If you like my background, give me a big thumbs up because I got today Origin Materials. I can't wait. Let me first bring on the brains to the show, my man, Chris Ketchy. Hey, what's going on, Mitch? How we doing today? Hey, you got a smile, man. It's, a, it's another beautiful day. You, you got the vaccine. I'm going to put it out there. So, hey, let's go. Let's you, go. You know, with that being said, I can't wait till we get to actually meet each other. You know, Chris I know. and I have been doing this show for uh, about co close to five, six months now. And and really, we haven't even met in person. So I just can't wait. Give give my brother a hug and, and, and let him know that we can't stop the SPACs attack baby so give for me a sure, thumbs up guys sure. if you guys enjoy the SPACs attack and hit the subscribe bell let's go ahead i know that without further ado guys let's get into our headlines of the day so that we can get into our interview all right guys yeah we do have an exciting interview coming up today origin materials but before we get to that want to get through some headlines and then we did have several deals announced this morning so up first i have muds so muds bringing tops public seeing this one trade higher again today it's been trading higher all week looks like this is a new pick from whitney tilson in a newsletter um calling it a stock poised for triple digit upside um, you know, so keep an eye out on that one, starting to get a lot of attention out there as a trading card, NFT, and growth play ahead. We have APXT, which is bringing AvPoint public. We had uh, TJ on the show not too long ago. So they reported first quarter earnings. So, um, you know, their first quarter is typically the slowest quarter. They actually had significant growth, though. Um, subscription revenue up 49% year over year. Um, and then the other exciting things were, you know, their guidance. They're keeping that guidance in, in place. They actually think they could beat it. And then they also announced that they have authorized a buyback to purchase up to $20 million in shares of APXT. So that's not something you see, um, you know, out there in SPACs a lot. They're actually buying up shares um, you know, ahead of the merger. So to me, that's a huge bullish sign. We're, we're going to try to get TJ back on the show. But guys, APXT, AvPoint, a Microsoft Cloud partner. If you haven't had a chance to look at this one, go back, watch that interview and uh, check this one out. What, what's up, Mitch? Hey, I want to give a shout out right here to TJ. I know he's an avid fan of the show. Hits me up on Twitter all the time. And, and I'm going to clip this out and give him a shout out, send this out to him because we will probably have him back on. We're, we're, we just will give you guys the details a little bit later. Yeah, and also, Mitch, if you remember that, that show with TJ, that was the one where we had all kinds of technical difficulties. It was just one of those days, you know, where, where nothing seemed to go right as far as, you know, the, the video and the audio. And TJ was a trooper, right? He, he hung in. He did the full interview. And, you know, we want to bring him back on because we want to have, you know, a high-quality interview. And we want him to talk about these new numbers, right? Very exciting time for, for AvPoint going forward. Uh, and then up next, we have SPCE, uh, Virgin Galactic, which I do own shares in. So shares down today, Richard Branson, uh, you know, founder of the company, selling a por portion of his position. Um, I'm not sure what percent. I heard Spencer on the morning show today say 10%. Also, this was a scheduled sale. Um, so it might be an overreaction by the market here. But now you have Richard Branson and Chamath both selling a portion of their stakes. Chamath sold out his personal stake. But I have to note, guys, you know, keep in mind, 
Pay attention to the headlines, the news. Chamath does still own shares of Virgin Galactic via Social Capital, which which is his company, you know, because of that SPAC deal with IPOA. So Chamath is still, you know, an investor in the company. He's also the chairman. So he has not, you know, sold out all his equity in the company. And same with Richard Branson. You know, he, he still owns a sizable stake. But as I said yesterday, when we did our bull bear debate, you know, Virgin Galactic, they, they need some positive news. They need to get those uh, spaceships up in the sky so they can start getting passengers and that revenue coming forward. Then QS, QuantumScape, so shares moved lower. There's a negative note out by Scorpion Capital calling it a pump and dump SPAC scam by, by Silicon Valley celebrities. Um, you know, so QuantumScape, again, was in our, our, you know, conversation yesterday. This is one where, you know, it, it did run up quite a bit in 2020. Their pre-revenue that, you know, you're a couple years out. So I think we could actually see more short reports come out, more people targeting the company. And, and the big thing is, you know, it, I don't think it's a pump and dump, but there's, there's not revenue right now. Um, so it's hard to really say, you know, what's going to happen in the future and how disruptive that technology is until we actually get it and see it. So uh, keep an eye out on QS. And then ARC Funds added more shares of DraftKings, uh, Jaws Spitfire, and RTP merging with Joby Aviation. Uh, those are three names she's been adding, uh, you know, a lot to recently. Um, especially RTP and that new ARC Space ETF. So keep an eye out on that one. And, and then I did see there, there's a SPAC out there, ALAC. Um, so they are working on an extension vote, um, you know, for, for that SPAC. Uh, so Julian Klamachko out with the tweet today saying that ALAC is going to deposit six cents per share into their trust each month. Um, and the net asset value right now is 1097. So, so if you're into SPAC arbitrage, like our friend Julian, uh, you know, th this is one right here where, uh, you know, it may be a good place to, to park some cash. And our, our deal yesterday was BCPG shares were up 8% on that deal with Tango Therapeutics. And, and then turning to our deals, we had, you know, one deal announced after hours last night. We had two deals announced this morning, including one that Benzinga actually got a embargoed exclusive article on um, written by myself. So we had that out before it was officially announced. So if you are not following Benzinga or not a member of Benzinga Pro, make sure to check out the description below. Get that news out there early. So our, our deals today, we have CHFW, which is Consonants HFW. Uh, SPAC combining with Surazen, which is a company pioneering a targeted therapeutics um, for tissue repair and regeneration. Uh, again, biotech, not my strong suit when it comes to SPACs, but they're going to use those net proceeds uh, to advance that pipeline through the phase 1B um, you know, level. And then also I did see in the press release that they're looking to nominate the former chief medical officer of Pfizer to the board of directors. So that's something to keep in mind too, um, you know, bringing in a, a big name like that. Um, and again, the, these biotech SPAC deals sometimes, you know, have room to run and, and it is a smaller deal. So likely a smaller float. So keep an eye out on this one. And our deal announced last night was ROCC. This one's been rumored for a little while. So ROCC bringing Reservoir Holdings Public, one of the largest independent music companies in the U.S., Values the company at $788 million. Um, so founded in 2007, it's grown through acquisitions. It now has over 130,000 copyrights under its music publishing business. Um, you know, a ton of number one hits, including It's Your Thing, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash, Take Me Home, Country Roads by John Denver, and, and Senorita by Shawn Mendes. Um, they also have hits by Lady Gaga, Cardi B, and Bruno Mars in that catalog of songs. So huge library of content. And then they also have a creative business that represents over 60 clients, including Ben Harper, Offset, Takeoff, and Two Chains. And then over 26,000 sound recordings, which includes movie soundtracks like The Lion King, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Dark Knight, and Gladiator. They, they typically hold a top 10 market share position. 
on Billboard's ranking of publishers. So, so they've spent over $400 million in acquisitions. They're going to continue to acquire companies, they said. And, and the growth of paid rights for streaming music and in-home fitness music, they list as possible growth areas for the company. You know, they didn't mention NFTs in that press release, but guys just have to throw it out there. Obviously, with the music side of things, these artists, these these copyrighted songs, you, you have the potential down the road to, uh, you know, become an NFT play again. They have not said that, but that's definitely something to keep an eye out on for ROCC. And then we turn to our big deal. So again, announced this morning, we have DEH. Uh, this is D8 Holdings is the SPAC. They are merging with Vicarious Surgical. Um, so Bill Gates, it was Vicarious Surgical. He is also backing the company via the pipe. So this is a next generation robotics company. Um, Bill Gates, Coastal Ventures, Beckton Dickinson, ticker BDX, and Eric Schmidt, formerly of Google, uh, his innovation endeavors, all investing in that pipe. So some huge names here. Um, also, shares will trade as ticker RBOT on the New York Stock Exchange after the merger. So the company was founded in 2014 to develop disruptive technology with the goal of increasing efficiency of surgical procedures, improving patients, and reducing health costs. Uh, so they say that legacy robotic platforms have limitations, higher cost of adoption, take up more space and include expensive training. So, so this is a company, you know, that can fix that solution. They, they have something, you know, that fits through a standard door so you can uh, make it portable from, from room to room. Um, they're also using a novel approach to surgery that uses a combination of proprietary human-like surgical robots and virtual reality that transports surgeons into the patient to perform those minimally invasive surgeries. So they see revenue hitting $355 million in fiscal 2025. They're, they're lower cost than their competitors. So they think that that cost-effective plan to improve patient outcomes, you know, will make them a long-term winner. They're the only surgical robot company to receive breakthrough designation um, by the FDA, according to the company. Shares were up uh, last night after hours on a rumor from Bloomberg that the deal was going to get through. And then again, we're up this morning, up about 2% right now. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got for deals, Mitch. So three deals today. Uh, and again, Benzinga Pro, you know, helped break that that SPAC deal this morning, uh, courtesy of Benzinga and SPAC's attack here. So don't miss out. Yeah, definitely, definitely interesting day out there in the SPAC land. Um, the QS news was uh, definitely interesting. Um, it was interesting because I, I had actually seen a, a, tri a triple D. <laughs> that stock, I don't know if you know it, the 3D stock also. It was actually having a good day. And so I was looking at QS interested in, in thinking that, hey, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about, right, is that, you know, with inflation going so high, right, maybe that actually causes 3D to be a little bit even more attractive for, let's say, manufacturing and different goods, because it could come at a discount now because it's more of a, a technology that's already made there. You know, the machine's already made. Um, you know, the materials could get a little bit more expensive. So I don't know too much of that side of 3D. So I got to take a look into that. But that's just with that. What do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, you know, definitely. And uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll echo um, seeing SPAC Guru on Twitter too, that, that short report out from QS. I'm not familiar with that company that had that report out. And also the past couple companies that they have, um, you know, issued reports on saw drops, but have both since recovered and are almost double where those prices were when this company issued that short report. So again, guys, just because there's a short report out does not mean this is a scam company or that it's going to fall all the way to zero. Will we see shares fall, you know, in the short term? Uh, definitely, you know, investors are going to react to that piece, but make sure you know what you own. And if you own QuantumScape for the, for the long haul, Nothing has changed overnight, um, you know, other than the short report coming out. 
Yeah, you know, we'll definitely keep in, in, an eye out on what goes on with uh, QuantumScape. I've been really focused on it because it's one of my favorite. At least it's hit that support multiple times off of that 40. Uh, I want to bring up the chart here really quickly before we move on into our interview. As you guys see at the bottom here, up next, we'll be getting in with the origin materials. But let me just take a look here at this chart. QuantumScape really getting that flush down right quickly. But if we look at the daily, let's look at the daily, guys. We're getting it cheap now. We're getting it back to where it really did that explosion. So let's see if we can get some support right back up above 40. That's what I would like to see for this stock, QS. I would like to get it right back above 40 and then start seeing the strength as probably, I mean, you're seeing a lot of volume today. That could be people getting out, but that also could be people starting to get in at a discounted price. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and get into our favorite time of the day where we start unlocking the SPACs. So if you guys like to unlock SPACs, definitely hit the like button. And if you guys can do us a favor, hit the share button down below. Hit your Twitter button. It'll give you a title and everything. All you got to do is hit tweet, come back to us, and check out the show. All right, let's go ahead and unlock some SPACs. All right, Chris, let's bring on our guests for today. All right, guys, super excited. Again, another exclusive interview here on Spax Attack. Joining us, we have John Bissell, the co-founder and co-CEO of Origin Materials, and Rich Riley, the co-CEO of Origin Materials. The company is going public with Arteus Acquisition. That's ticker AACQ. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Well, it's a, a pleasure to have you guys here, and I'm going to go ahead and head out for a second, but I got you guys back here, so I won't forget you guys, and I'll let Chris do some questions, and I'll be back with some of my own. All right, guys, let's let's dive in, and we'll, we'll try to get questions for, for both of you here, but again, feel free to, you know, jump in on any of these questions. So, you know, uh, John, I've got you here in, in the middle of the screen, so I'll, I'll start with you. Um, you know, the, the big question... Uh, you know, for our show, SPACs Attack, and our viewers is why a SPAC deal, you know, to bring a company like Origin Materials uh, public? And was there exploration, you know, prior to that for a traditional IPO and why a SPAC over that? Yeah, I think the, the real answer for us for uh, SPACs was the quantity of capital that you can get access to uh, via the transaction. There's an element of, of uh, speed and certainty to the transaction as well, which is, is certainly helpful. But I think the, the key for us was, uh, you know, with a, with a typical IPO, you're just not seeing quite the same quantity of capital going into the business that you do with, uh, with typical SPACs. Um, and for us, since we're a capital intensive business, that's obviously really important, right? For us to be able to scale, we've got to put steel on the ground. Uh, we've got to make stuff. And that means we need capital to do it. Awesome. Anything else to add on that, uh, Rich, about the, the SPAC process and why using that to go public? Yeah, we, we get feedback from a lot of investors that this is exactly the scenario SPACs were meant for. <clears throat> You've got a proven technology that we spent over 10 years developing and perfecting. We've got large customers with enormous demand and urgency to get our materials. And we just need the capital to build the plants and connect those dots. And, and the SPAC was the fastest, most certain route to achieve that. Awesome. So, Rich, following up on that technology, can can you walk us through, you know, just kind of a, a brief explanation? What is Origin Materials all about, and you know, how did it come to be? Yeah, let me let me actually pass that to John if you don't mind, oh, since he's, he's our co-founder. And, that's and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, so what we do is we take um, lignocellulosic stuff like like woody biomass, and we convert that chemically into uh, materials, broadly speaking. So we can make all sorts of different things. We're starting with PET. The PET that we make is uh, it's drop-in. So it's exactly the same stuff as you see from fossil sources, just made in a different way, which means it's got a lower carbon footprint. Um, we can make all sorts of other stuff beyond PET, but we're starting with PET. Awesome. Uh, so then uh, next question here is, you know, I, I got to mention one of the things that stands out in this SPAC deal is some of the key investors. So we have uh, Pepsi, Danone, and Nestle 
all investing in that pipe. They're going to own 11% of the new company. Uh, a couple of them also working, you know, with Origin Materials. So uh, I don't know which one of you wants to take a stab at this, but three great companies there. What does this mean for, for Origin, um, you know, and, and what can we look to in the future with, with these companies? Yeah, well, these three companies have been incredible partners of ours for several years. They've invested over $40 million in the company. They've uh, worked with us. They've tested our technology extensively. They've really been partners all along the way to help us get to commercial scale because they have publicly committed their intent to purchase um, low carbon and recycled materials instead of fossil-based materials. So they've been incredible partners. They're an incredibly strong base for us to build on. And, and you'll, you'll see us continue to add more, more big brands and big partners as we go along. Awesome. Uh, another thing that stood out to me in the investor presentation, again, you know, I, as someone who covers SPACs, I read through lots of deals and we, we see some of these companies that go public where, you know, the, the shareholders of those SPACs are only getting, you know, 5%, 6% of the company after the merger. With, with Origin Materials here, shareholders are, you know, getting a sizable chunk um, as far as the public shareholders are getting 39.3% uh, of Origin Materials after this deal is done, you know, John, you you co-founded the company. Walk us through this. You know, uh, uh, I think that's a key here for shareholders to be getting a, a big chunk like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just sort of the way the math works, right? If you're a capital intensive company and you need capital to scale, um, and that's uh, you know, that's how it uh, that's how it lines out. But we really are um, we're excited to be a public company to have public shareholders. I think what we've seen so far is. Um, is that the public shareholders are incredibly sophisticated, uh, incredibly thoughtful, and so um, we're you know we're excited to be part of the public markets. Awesome. So uh, you know we we got to talk about the, those plants that are uh, that are coming up, the, those factories. Um, you know, so walk us through what these uh, factories are going to look like. Um, you know, and looks like we will see the first one completed in 2022. How does a company like Origin Materials, you know, get this deal done and, and stay on track to meet these, uh, you know, timelines put in place? Uh, Rich, maybe you on this one. I'm actually gonna let John do that one. Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you keep touching my my topics. Um, yeah, so uh, so generally speaking, we yeah we've got a plant that we're building right now. Um, we're we're uh, it's under construction as we speak. Um, be done by the end of next year. It's coming online, uh, you know, around the same time. Um, and then we have our uh, uh, another plant that we're, we're starting out right now, and it'll be uh, finished sort of halfway through 2025, give or take. That one's significantly larger. Um, and and what these plants look like is um, they're taking in a bunch of uh, a bunch of feedstock biomass. You know, we think of feedstock again, as I said, usually as sort of like um, wood chips or or debris, wood waste, that kind of thing. But you could, there's a wide range of things that you could use here. You know, you can use um, uh, mixed paper waste, um, stuff like roll office paper, um, uh, packaging, cardboard, newsprint, that kind of thing. Um, and it can be mixed. It doesn't have to be nicely segregated in terms of the lignocellulosic materials. You can use uh, tops and limbs of trees. You can use even, even waste um, uh, pulp sludge uh, from mills and things like that for the production of packaging. So we can use all sorts of things. You know, you've got all that, that material being handled on the front end of the mill. Um, uh, or of our plant being taken in, processed chemically, and then out the other side comes um, comes actually some uh, some intermediates that go into the PET process. So it's uh, these are big facilities. They've, they're you know tens of acres, um, and they process a lot of material. Uh, but the key is the more material we process, the less carbon goes into the atmosphere. That's sort of the crux of it. Awesome. So uh, you know, I want to dive into to some of the financials and the revenue. Is that is that a rich question here? Sure. Okay. All right. So I, I want to make sure we try to split these questions up, you know, so uh, we see in the presentation, you know, obviously a, a trillion dollar opportunity, um, you know, but breaking it down, you know, Origin Materials list a $1 billion amount for uh, signed customer contracts, including those three large investors, and then also an additional 400 million in customer contracts under negotiations. Can you break down, you know, that billion dollar figure for us? 
how does that kind of play out over the years? And then uh, when will we get more news on that 400 million of uh, possible additional contracts? Sure. Well, what, what drives our business is helping companies meet their net zero goals. And you probably all see this just steady drumbeat of companies announcing these aggressive goals, 2050, 2040, 2030, some of them starting with 2050 and moving them in. And as those companies go on their net zero journey, they quickly realize that renewable power and transportation are only about half of their carbon footprint. And the other half comes from the products that are made. And so, when, so they have to figure out how to decarbonize that side of their business. And, and that's what leads them to us. And so there is a, a trillion dollars of materials, as you mentioned, that's got to make this transition from fossil-based feedstocks to sustainable ones. And that's what drives demand for us. And so the, the order book and demand that you mentioned is, is customers uh, entering into contracts with us. Um, they tend to be five to 10 years in length, which signals these companies wanting us to be a meaningful part of their supply chain. This is not, not, a, not a test or, a, uh, or an experiment. These are, these are real long-term contracts. And, um, and all those customers would tell you they intend to buy far more materials than that. And in fact, we, we anticipate being supply constrained for the foreseeable future because there, there, there literally is a, a trillion dollars of materials needing to make this transition and we're just getting started. We'll, we'll intend to update that, that demand picture for people um, on a quarterly basis as a, as a key way to, to show our momentum uh, with customers. Awesome. So, uh, you know, John, one of the things we see with SPACs a lot is, uh, you know, a lot of companies that are pre-revenue um, going public, there, there's been some backlash now uh, on, you know, the the companies that are going public via SPAC with these forward-looking, you know, outlooks. So, Origin Materials won't have revenue, it looks like, until fiscal 2023. You know, how, how do you uh, paint a picture here for potential shareholders uh, of why they should be invested in Origin Materials for, for the long haul? Oh, yeah. Well, so first of all, I think that it's a pretty clear picture as to why there's, you know, you put capital investment in, you get revenue out the other side when you have large capital projects, right? I mean, that's a, it's, it's a, you know, you got to pay for all the steel and the construction and all the rest of it that goes together to put these things, uh, put these things in. So I think it's a pretty straight, uh, simple story from that perspective. Um, I think, you know, Rich was just hitting on a bunch of the reasons why long-term origin's the right bet. Um, you know, from our, I mean, we're the ones making the first bet, right? As the people in origin. And I think um, what, what has our team convinced is that um, the whole world's moving in this direction, right? You know, Rich often calls it sort of a once in a planet um, transition that's occurring right now towards decarbonized materials and products and industry. And, uh, and we have to figure out how to do that as a species. You know, origin's not the answer for every single part of that, but it's an answer for a whole bunch of it. Um, and so we see that as, you know, a massive rising tide uh, that we're going to be part of inextricably. You know, a lot of these companies, the only way that they can hit their net zero targets is by working with us, right? We're a huge part of their supply chain, uh, or we have to be a huge part of their supply chain if they're going to hit their net zero targets. So that's what gets us excited and, you know, gets us driving at this every day. Awesome. And then, you know, so, so speaking of uh, deals and that backlog, uh, Rich, so I, I saw a deal announced earlier this month, um, you know, for a company, uh, looks like in apparel, footwear and automotive. So obviously, you know, those three key investors, uh, Pepsi, Nestle, you know, we're, we're on the food side of things, the, the plastic uh, bottle side of things. Walk us through, you know, the potential here in apparel and footwear that maybe some viewers and investors, you know, may not be considering for, for a company like this. Yeah, when you when you look at the trillion dollars of TAM, um, packaging and, and food and beverage is, is, is definitely a large and, and meaningful part of it. But the, there's actually a larger part of the market. More PET goes into textiles and fibers and carpets and things like that then goes into packaging and, and, and most people don't know that. So um, that market is absolutely addressable by us. We were excited to announce our first uh, textiles partnership where we'll be going into um, apparel and footwear and, and, and all kinds of things, automotive applications, et cetera. Um, you know, we also announced a, a, a partnership to make low carbon asphalt. And, uh, you know, there's a, just such a huge addressable market that, that we can um, attack and, and decarbonize. And um, so, so we're just getting started and expect to see customers from a, a wide range of industries and, and applications from us. Awesome. So I just have one more here and, and then I'm going to turn over to Mitch. 
um, you know, with, with more questions. So, you know, John, I, I'll, I'll ask you here. So, um, you know, again, with, with everyone looking to, to turn to this industry, what kind of competition is out there? Do you have, you know, direct competitors, um, you know, other competition? And how can a company like Origin Materials really distance themselves uh, from the competition? Yeah, I think, you know, look, the, these markets are so big, they almost defy belief. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be pushing into this market for a long time. We'll be a huge company um, um, as we get into this. I, I really think that the, the only credible competitor that we should be talking about or thinking about is the existing fossil materials industry. You know, I, I think that um, that's what we're going after. We're not bumping around and hitting any of the other renewable materials companies. There's some interesting ones out there. Generally speaking, they're not really addressing the same products and same applications that we are, generally speaking. But uh, even if they do, the market's enormous. This is a, this is a question about the uh, us versus the status quo. All right, I'm gonna jump in here. And so I wanna talk a little bit more about uh, valuation. And so one of the things that I've been looking at is that the market is definitely focused more on SPACs, on focusing on references and, and how you guys can be kind of measured against different uh, companies. So I have right here from your investors deck, kind of the uh, illustrative. Um, so one of the things is that I, I can clearly point out here and I have it highlighted um, wanted to focus in was this 36%. Because if you look at all the other kind of focused areas, it definitely starts to that next level of, of revenue here with the EBITDA margin um, for the 2021. Can you explain a little bit more how you guys are that high focused on this growth outlook and how you guys compare in each of these industries? Yeah, sure. So, so I think that the one way to think about the EBITDA margin here is is um, we're standing up what's basically a new front end or upstream value chain for chemicals. Uh, typically speaking in our industry, what you see is a pre-segmented value chain where a lot of the margin has actually gone to the oil production assets. Um, we're replacing obviously the oil in these materials. And so as a result, you're building out a whole new value chain from, from that point on. And let me tell you, if you're, if you're on the left side of the cost curve for uh, oil production, your margin's a hell of a lot better than 36%, right? And so what, what you're seeing is the result of having a really low cost process that's supplanting the oil production part of the value chain in chemicals. Um, and, and from that perspective, that's a pretty natural uh, EBITDA margin compared to um, efficient and effective global oil producers. Excellent, excellent. So the next question I'd get into here would be about kind of the world, like kind of your international stance, you know, it's not just in the United States here that we're focused. And so uh, I'll bring up here in the investor presentation. Here we got, you know, Ontario, uh, Canada here. Tell us how you guys are working to expand outside of the United States. Yeah, you know, we think of, of, um, uh, North America really is sort of our home territory. Um, we, you know, we have this plant, we have other activities in Canada as well. Um, and, and we really thought that the, the Sarnia site is just a great site, right? It's, um, it's a chemicals hub in North America. Uh, it has um, history actually with the chemicals industry that's interesting and important. Um, so I think that, you know, in, in our perspective, um, the, the build own operate components of the business for the, you know, let's call it the near to medium term, we expect to be mostly, um, let's say domestic, but really domestic to North America. Um, I think that as we go beyond uh, North America with assets, um, we'll, we'll probably do that significantly with partners. Um, but from a customer perspective, you know, and, and Rich may want to talk about this a little bit too, but um, from a customer perspective, we're already significantly international, right? Um, uh, Asian customers, uh, European customers, um, both significant. Yeah, excellent. Do you want to add something there, Rich? Yeah, no, just to John's point, our, our, our customers are truly global and the materials that they're uh, purchasing from us are, are intended to serve global markets. And, and, you know, the reality is a lot of the countries in Europe and in Asia are, um, you know, pretty far ahead of the U.S. in terms of their focus on decarbonization, already pricing carbon internally, um, governments with things like carbon taxes and other incentives and, and, and penalties for uh, for carbon usage. So um, we're, we're absolutely serving a, a global global market. 
Yeah, definitely. That's uh, one of the trends that I definitely saw started in 2020. And I think it's just going to kick off from here. Um, so it's going to be something to definitely look out for. Um, now, of course, uh, on more recent news is is talks of inflation, right? H- how could inflation affect your guys' company here in Origin Materials? Yeah, one of the um, one of the, the neat things about our our technology and, and, and business that we haven't really talked about is that due to our incredibly low cost feedstock of you know wood waste and and our, our process, we're actually able to be price competitive with fossil based materials. So we have an incredibly advantageous cost structure um, and and in a, in a relatively fixed cost structure relative to other materials companies that are highly dependent on highly volatile. Um, you know, oil and gas prices. So, so we're, we're, we're very well positioned to enter into long-term relatively fixed price contracts with our customers and take a lot of that volatility out of their pricing. Excellent. Anything you want to add on that, John? No, I think Rich nailed it. I, I mean, you know, I, I would, uh, I think on the price side, right. Uh, you can look at how does inflation affect commodities, right. Or, or uh, materials more broadly. And, um, and I think that'll give sort of clues as to what the indications will be for origin. All right. All right. So now, of course, you know, one of the things that we like to do here on SPACs Attacks is go to our chat. As you guys could probably see the comments side on, on our platform, we like to let you guys see that also so that you guys could see uh, your kind of fans out there. And so we got some questions out there. First question we're going to get is from Brad here. And, and where do you guys get your raw materials from? Yeah, so um, the, the, the really big answer is it depends a little bit. Um, the specific answer is uh, we usually think about um, forest products and forest residues. So uh, de- depending on the specific site, that's going to be a combination of what they call tops, limbs, and slash um, from uh, tree harvesting, pulpwood harvesting. Uh, it's going to be sawdust, pins and fines from, uh, from other local mills. And then we do see there being some uh, pulpwood that goes into it as well. So uh, pulpwood sort of interesting as a grade of of uh, timber because um, it's it's distinct from structural lumber, so it's not it's not related to the construction uh, forest products feedstocks. Uh, but that's sort of what we think of as our base case. Um, but as I said earlier, you know you can look at uh, pretty much anything that has uh, lignin and cellulose in it is something that we'd be interested in. Um, the chemical process that we use can consume, from a technical perspective, can consume just about anything that's got those two things in there, as long as there aren't you know car parts and engine blocks in the feedstock, we should be good. And our, our favorite feedstock is actually uh, used cardboard. So if we can if we can figure out how to get enough of that to one spot, um, that, that, that'll that be really exciting. Don't worry, I got some in the backyard. I'll, I'll <laughs> I was just going right to start saving boxes <laughs> for you. So we'll, we'll ship them out. So uh, uh, another question from the chat here, we have uh, P. Mitzi uh, asking about the timeline. So we touched on it a little bit. Um, you know, that first factory being completed 2022 revenue in 2023, um, you know, whichever one of you wants to jump in, maybe just kind of break down uh, year by year the, those factories and and maybe a little bit of revenue just to get a clearer picture of the, the timeline here. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we have uh, what we what we call Origin One um, plant coming online at the end of next year, uh, which means it'll start to sh- show revenue in 23 and that ramps into 24. Um, we have Origin 2, which is a much larger facility, coming online in the middle of 25, showing a partial year of revenue in 25, and then continuing the you know, full year of 26. Um, so 26 is sort of an illustrative year in a lot of ways. You can look at 26 and get a pretty clear picture of Origin 2 online, full steam ahead, making PET. Um, and you can, you can pretty easily net out uh, the impacts of Origin 1 and the overhead. Um, and then in, uh, in 2027, um, we have another large scale origin two scale plant coming online. And then it's a pretty quick pace after that. So as you get into sort of 27 out, you know, we expect that there's going to be uh, a significant number of plants coming online. You know, we, we projected what we think the schedule for those plants are. Um, but I think maybe the broader story is that <clears throat> Richard was talking earlier about how we really see this as a supply constrained situation. Um, not a demand constrained one, not by a long shot, not by a couple orders of magnitude. And so um, I think the question is going to be, how can, what are the ways and the opportunities that we see to accelerate that schedule, um, both in terms of timing uh, of of facilities and also in terms of um, a number of facilities coming online at any given time. And, uh, you know, we have, we have our predictions about what that looks like, but I think, um, you know, 
if the world turns even more towards decarbonization, which it, it appears to be, I think there, uh, there are going to be opportunities for us to go even faster. All right. So next one from the chat right up here. We got crew cut with a nice one. I like this one. So what's the thought on carbon credits and could this be used to create value here? Yeah, we, we do see an opportunity for carbon credits. Um, we haven't included significant quantities of, of revenue from that um, in our forecasts. Uh, but, you know, but I think that that's likely. Uh, I think it doesn't really matter what the form of, of carbon pricing is, whether it's credits or taxes, whatever else. Um, that's going to have a pretty positive impact on us. You know, we're looking at the, the revenue forecasts that we've made are basically uh, at fossil parity um, effectively. Uh, pricing and so as you see fossil pricing increase due to things like carbon credits and carbon taxes um you know whether that's a 10 or 20 or 30 percent increase you should see sort of radical increases in uh if not better right in our uh in our revenue forecasting and pricing awesome and then another question from the chat from Zoltan here. So talking about those deals announced in April. So I heard one of you mentioned the the asphalt deal, but I want to hear a little bit more about that. So why is that asphalt deal beneficial for Origin going forward? Yeah, Rich, you want to take that one? Or you want to yeah, I can take it. But you know, we we, we think of us as really a, a, a platform um, materials company that's making a wide range of carbon negative materials. And those materials can, can be used to make a, a very wide range of things. We talked about PET, but we also can make um, several of the components that go into asphalt. And so anytime you can use our components and materials instead of fossil, um, you're removing carbon and then likely also getting some other functional benefits from our, from, from our, um, from our materials. So um, we're, we're really excited to, to help take carbon out of the massive asphalt market. All right, awesome. I think we're done with all our questions. I'm not seeing any more uh, questions in the chat. I do see here uh, one of our loyal fans, Sue, talking about the great questions, the great interview, and you know, mentioning that she also bought AACQ. So, you know, guys, again, the, this is this is a company going public. You have the chance to to buy the SPAC here. So, AACQ is the ticker. So joining us on the show today, we have John Bissell, the co-founder and co-CEO of Origin Materials, and Rich Riley, the co-CEO of Origin Materials, uh, again, going public with RTS Acquisition, AACQ. Uh, you know, guys, anything to add here before we let you go? No, I just really, really appreciate the chance to join your great show. And um, yeah, no, we, we, we couldn't be more excited about the opportunity and, 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 and really this, this SPAC market has really um, helped enable us to get our technology to market and, and, and help save the planet. So uh, we're, we're really excited and really appreciate your, uh, your audience and your time. Thank well, you. definitely stay on that mission and we'll see you guys next time on the SPACs Attack, guys. Yeah, Thank you guys awesome, for coming guys. back on. Thank you for Thanks, your time guys. today. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, as you guys see, we definitely try to get you guys the information. There you go. You guys have it there. I'm putting up the ticker up again just in case you didn't get it. AACQ there. And as you guys see, these guys don't play over my shoulder. They're ready. They know what they're doing. And one of the things that I liked is how they got that cost advantage in the lumber you know, the timber, you know, you got to keep your eye on these things. You know, I, I wanted to ask about inflation, see if it affected, but it looks like they've been, you know, keeping their eyes on it probably more than I have. So what do you think, Chris? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, this is a, a great company, I think, going forward. You know, again, you're you're a couple of years away from revenue, but but this is a company, you know, trying to do something positive. Um you know, for the environment, uh, you know, help these companies with sustainability. Um, I also saw an interesting note here in, in the chat. Um, we bet Wall Street talking about looking at leaps. I had forgotten this company, AACQ, there's options available. for. So for those of you who trade options, you know, this this could be a good one to, to look forward out, right? A couple of years away with those options. So, you know, Origin Materials, I, I really like the conversation we had. I, I like the big picture and, you know, 
the thing that stuck out for me, right, was that, that they don't see any demand restraints, just possibly, you know, the, the supply side of things and getting their factories up and running. But there's plenty of demand out there. I mean, in those three key investors, you know, already with deals in place, I, I think they're going to be, you know, able to kick in right away with that revenue from those factories. What, what do you think, Mitch? You know, one of the things I see here is that, you know, this company is pretty cheap on evaluation uh, standards. I mean, if you look right now, um, they're they're only trading at about like, you know, 1.7, 3.4, the EBITDA, future EBITDA, you know, it's not something crazy. And a lot of this, in this industry where we're seeing right now where the SPACs are a little bit out of favor, but guess what? I think what's going on here is more of a, a we're defining where we're going to focus on first. And I think we're focusing first on the value stocks inside of SPACs. So you got to focus on and see if there's value here and then determine that for yourself. But I think it's 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 an interesting company, definitely on the valuations. You look at the financials, um, you can see here, definitely uh, compared to a lot of the companies trading at, let's say, 20 one X or, or even, I mean, if you look to the right desktop metals here, uh, trading at 41 times, I mean, it's going to be interesting because there's a couple companies that measure up to, um, you can say Danami uh, scientific. They're in there. This is 46 times right now. So keep your eyes on these. And what do you think about that on the evaluation? Yeah, you know, and and you said Danimer Scientific. So Danimer Scientific, DNMR, you know, is a plastics, uh, more of a plastics play, right? Sustainability, but that's that's now post uh, SPAC merger trading at thirty three dollars. Um, you know, so that one's gone up significantly from that ten dollar price point. You know, and it, it's one of those companies again trying to do something positive for the world, right? So, so you as an investor can you know take advantage by the revenue side of things, but you also have kind of this feel good you know moment, right? You're actually investing in a company that's that's helping the environment, helping these companies be more sustainable. So, to me, that's something maybe I want in my portfolio, right? And we look at the ESG side of things, right? We, we've got new ETFs coming out all the time where they're looking at companies, you know, environment, sustainability. Um, you know, this is this is a company that plays into that well. So, um, you know, I, I really like that and that that valuation, yeah, Mitch. I mean, it it sticks out. And again, the SPAC's trading at what, like ten oh eight, I think, last time I looked today. So you have very low. Uh, risk going into the merger and you know you're, you're getting it at the same valuation as those pipe investors right so you're literally able to buy shares the same price pepsi and nestle just paid to increase their position so they were already investors before and they probably got in cheaper than ten dollars right but they re-upped they bought hey. in again at ten dollars so There's you, you can buy yeah. in the same price pepsi and nestle and uh, danone just paid I mean, to me, that that's a positive here. So this one has Definitely. not run up um, recently. And I think here, you know, this is a great level to get in at. Yep. I'm going to go ahead up and pull up the chart here, you guys, so you guys can see the chart. We're right now at 10.08, it's looking like. One of the things I always point out is some levels, right? Because I like to point out levels, right, guys? So if I did a horizontal line here, um, all H for us Benzinga Pro users, um, you know, you could draw right here, kind of this resistance that was here that we broke out of and got up there, follow it back. This is kind of the area where I look and guess what? It, where is that spot? It's at $10, exactly at $10. So let's see if we can maybe get it right near 10. I like that. And then you can use this kind of low here, 972s. Um, like always, guys, do your own risk assessment. But for me, that doesn't seem like a bad trade off the 970s. If you get it close to 10, it's only about a 30 cent risk. And you can maybe look for a move right back up to 12, 1250, 13. And that's a, that's a pretty good gain there. So I'm going to keep this one on radar, guys. AACQ, guys. All right, guys. So one thing I definitely wanted to touch today was a little bit of ticker time. We didn't get to too much yesterday. So let's go ahead up and hit some ticker time. Let us know. What you guys want to see.
So what's going on, guys? What do you guys want to see? What do you guys want us to touch? Let us know in the chat. Let us know in the chat. We'll we'll do something a, a little bit free. We're gonna stick to a lot of the specs, but if you if you drop one or two that's off of it, I won't be too mad today. We'll, we'll let we'll we'll a little free play just, today. Just just try to keep them biotech stacks out. I, I don't know if I yeah, want to yeah, touch. Yeah. No, no, I don't no, know no. if I, I want to touch anybody. I mean, you could put it. I just probably yeah. won't even look at it. <laughs> you won't get a very good opinion. I'll just say that. So, all right, all right. Of course, of course. Up first, SNR telling me CCIV leaking a little bit. CCIV, did you leak under twenty yet? Nope. Almost there though. Almost at I mean, twenty. Almost at almost, twenty. Almost at twenty crack. I've been talking about this twenty crack for a while, right, Chris? You have, and I mean, yeah, yeah that thing that, is that's that price that thing point is that I want to see falling, it and yeah, I mean, I think if we see twenty, that's another you know uh, mental level too, where I think maybe then people may start sending it higher, just seeing the twenty dollar price point. It's a, it's a you know a nice round number, um, and this one again being a popular one with with retail traders and you know people out there on social media. I think if we see 20, it, it could then run up because people will will see that as a level, um, you know, dollar wise, not chart wise. Yeah, guys, I've been waiting for a break through the 20. Um, the next support is 17. I would love to get it somewhere in between there and risk off of that next level in the 17s. Um, but I'm going to keep an eye on this one because I want to see a high volume spike when it cracks that 20. Because one thing I always talk about, right, guys, is the volume, right? You see how it's declining and declining? It's getting sleepy. We need it to wake up with volume. When you see those spikes, like we saw the other day, I think we, um, let me let me go to a five-minute chart. Maybe I can find the spike. There it is. Look, look at this spike. When you see spikes like this, right? Spikes like this that show up on the five minute and get you excited. You need to understand, guys, that you need to see volume, not only on this five minute chart, but go to the daily, find that volume and see if it really takes off there. Because if it doesn't take off there, then you're really not getting that sustained continuation move. Just to get you guys some insights there. Um, definitely, definitely shout out. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know, that's what we like to do guys. We like to get you guys, even the specs that you might've not even been thinking of, but now you definitely know a lot more of. So appreciate the $10 tip. Thank, thank you. Thank you. We, we, we need it. We'll get a coffee. We'll wake up here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it right, towards the, the airline tickets to uh, meet up in uh, Detroit. Probably yes. Sometime. Yes. Wait to wait till you guys see us side by side that's going to be the yeah special we'll, we'll do it from the headquarters someday in in definitely, Benzinga definitely. headquarters in detroit we'll we'll do a show one of these days interesting one being mentioned here by solar after coinbase coming uh you know ipo in here let's look up nstb here yeah so what NSTB, do you think about this one chris apex clearing you know it's not it's one of those names that's well known by, you know, longer investors and institutions, but I don't know if as many people know, you know, how big Apex Clearing really is and that they power, you know, the behind the scenes trading of a lot of these uh, trading and crypto platforms, um, you know, with Robinhood being one. Um, so I, I, I like them going forward. This, this is the company that's got real revenue, right? And, and growing revenue, um, you know, as far as retail traders, brokers, commission-free trading, you know, the growth of that. Apex is helping power that. They're, they're the thing behind the thing, um, you know, for, for retail trading. So I, I like it. And, and again, look at that chart. It, it's fallen here. Um, you know, we don't have a merger date yet, but this is one of those ones that maybe could run into the merger uh, and get a lot of attention from uh, like institutional and start getting some uh, price targets out there. Yeah, guys, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I, I drew it out kind of like how I see it right now. Descending triangle here. Um, watch to see if the support kind of holds from that first kind of extension here. Um I would look to see if we if we can get back down towards 980. Right now, it doesn't seem the most interesting. It did get a little volume, you know. That's that's kind of what we want to see a little spike of volume there. So maybe if it can hold this wick down, which is 990, and then get back out of this triangle, then I'd be interested. But definitely, 
Um, I'd wait a little bit. I need to see a little bit more volume get back out of that descending triangle there. All right, let's keep going here. Next one up, next one up here. I'm going to go to – we haven't talked this one, I think, in a little bit. P-S-F-E. Yeah, so pay safe. Uh, I think we mentioned it a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yesterday. We did. You got me. You got me. You got me. No but, worries. No worries. Look, yeah, I got I mean, the drawing still there. Look. But And look at that, Mitch. We're actually up today. A lot of these fintech names and the ones that maybe are sympathy place to Coinbase <laughs> were actually down yesterday and, you know, down today. So pay safe actually trading up again, you know. The, this is what I like, right? They power the the financial backing of some of these gaming companies, some of these online platforms, you know, your Roblox, your your Fortnite. I don't know. I, I like it. All right, guys. So um, I hear, I see in the chat, SNR asking, where do you read the ticker on my chart? It's right here on the right-hand side where the pricing is. So it, I'll put it full screen if you, so you can at least focus in a little bit. It's on that right-hand side. Um, but yeah, you'll see the the name at the top left also, just to give you guys some insight on that one. But yeah, you guys see my drawing here. Do not make this an NFT. I don't think anyone in the world would buy this. But <laughs> we'll what, see what if, if it follows it. On that? What if I want to bid on that? We'll we'll see if it, it follows this this little thing. I said, look for the rip up, the pullback day. Let it come back, try to break that little line right here at 1350, and then come roaring back through the 14s. Let's see if that we we get that to happen. All right, let's let's keep going here. Next up, next up, we got Dean mentioned G Box. G Box? What is I don't so G Box? I don't, I don't even don't know what G Box is. I don't think it's a SPAC. I feel like is this cannabis? I it says green box. Wait, so it, it, it might be cannabis. You go in the overview, find out for me on 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 Benzing Green Pro. box. I'll look POS, at the chart. Oh, uh, black. This is a scary looking chart here, my friend. Happy, I I, I did it for you because you're always a, a loyal li viewer, and 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 you can't get can't get like that. You know, we love we love having our loyal viewers here. But this one, this one's a hard downturn, man. I say hold on to your pants to see if it holds ten. But uh, I don't like this chart at all. Yeah, this one I I don't know um, the company very well at all, so I really couldn't comment. <laughs> what is you know it? on, is it? on the it? story? Oh, it looks like it sells initiative. Uh, oh, it's blockchain blockchain, blockchain based yeah. payment solution. That's the cool part of Benzinga Pro, guys. You guys can just go to the overview, go to the bottom, get a a, a nice little about about what the company is in one spot where you you can get everything that's what i love the details feature on benzinga pro let's keep it going here and with that being said might as well do the the the, the shameless plug the plug here uh you guys use that youtube youtube 20 youtube youtube 20, 20 guys don't miss out 20 percent off you hear us talk about Benzinger Pro. You see it mentioned, and and as I said, guys, that that SPAC deal, DEH, this morning, that that we had that out before the press release. We also had an exclusive out this morning. This is not a SPAC, but GMBL, um, esports entertainment. We we had that out on Benzinger Pro, but before the news came out, that PR shares are down now. But you did have a run up this morning on that news. You know, you need you want Benzinga Pro. You're gonna make some money because you're gonna get this information as fast as we can get it. Um, you know, and you get those great tools, that great charting future feature. You see Mitch use it all the time. Um, you know, so if you want Benzinga Pro, right there at the bottom. And again, all right, I saw, risk free I saw trial. The crazy, crazy one that went ripping. <laughs> I saw it mentioned by two people, big bill here talking about that it breaking 20. Let's go ahead and see it on the chart here. What's all going on with FUBU? To tell you the truth, I've been waiting for this one to get back down towards this 15 breakout. If you guys don't remember, um, I, I kind of, I was, I, I, I still, you know, some people say it was someone else, but I, I still say I was the first one on this one when we came out of this rip here through the 11. So one of the things that I said was this resistance definitely looked interesting here so let's see if it comes back down closer towards this level here where we kind of went up held sideways and then broke out of it 
and then really started ripping. So that's kind of the levels where I'll be looking at, at it getting down towards is this 1597 and then down towards 15. Let's see if we can get a bounce somewhere there. And as it comes down and it did a little fake out on that news about the soccer news. Um, but let's see what happens there, guys. Um, another one to keep an eye out just because uh, it's about to be 12 and we got to get to the power hour. But, um, you know, we, we, we don't talk about IPOs anymore that often here, but we did talk about coin. So let's talk about this other one that I've been looking at is Vizio, VZIO, guys. Keep this one on my – it's on my radar, guys. I think this could be the potentially the next Fubo move kind of. And I'm going to be looking also at uh, Roku to kind of lead the way as a bigger name to lead the way. So if for Roku got people, I've been looking at this one bouncing off to 300. Um, that's where I really got excited. I saw this quick turnaround and I said from 300, I think it could get to 500. I still feel that way. I could, I would give that price target and I think it could get that high up there. Um, watch this one lead the way. You know, I would love to see it rip through the 400s. Um, this is just uh, streaming. And with that being said, is there any 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 kind of streaming play here in, in the SPAC land, Chris, that you know of? Um, we had the uh, the international one, the the streaming play in, was it Indonesia? Um, is it MLAC? MLAC? Malacca Straits, M-L-A-C, it is a streaming play in Asia. Oh. Um they're that's yeah, my boy it, that's my boy indonesia put in, fast, put in the crystal p over the top yeah so that's that's a, an international streaming play which we're seeing you know disney and netflix and amazon i'll try to tackle some of those international markets so you know that might make it an acquisition target too you know mitch we talked fubo which was an uplisting I, i'll give you one more here is enthusiast gaming um all right Currently trades OTC, so E-N-G-M-F. They announced today that they are uplisting. So they will be traded, I believe, on the NASDAQ. Uh, they own Luminosity Gaming, which is the world's most watched esports organization on Twitch for the entire month of March. So you're going to get a esports peer play company here when this uplist to the NASDAQ. I, I think when this one gets uplisted you're going to get some retail interest, right? There's a lot of brokers out there that don't offer OTC trading. Uh, I think when uh, you have enthusiasts, which owns Luminosity, hit a major exchange, th this could be one to watch. Um, so keep that one on, on your watch list, uh, Mitch and viewers both. I'll keep an eye on it. You know, I, I see this straight uptrend on it. And that's what I like to see, guys. I like to see continuous uptrend. And look at this line I could draw. Look at this thing. This thing is, is, is uptrending, man. Look at that. Yeah, and I think there was some rumors of an uplist uh, for the past couple months. Um, but this again, what that, I like that, to see. that news officially out today. So it's it's going to happen. So I, I, I'm watching this one. When you see those continuous uptrends, that shows that even, even times when the stock goes back and pulls back after the rip, it's being rebought up and it bounces off this up trending uh, trend line for multiple times here. So that's, that's a nice one there, man. Uh, yeah, looks then, like go ahead. You got another one. You got another one. Well, I was going to say that that uplisting trend. I like that. So pow was another mm. one, right? P O W W that I talked yeah. about back in December, right? The ammo company. So yeah. I was mentioning that one at $3 when they had just uplisted. It's over seven now. It did hit nine. Guys, these uplisting plays, they're interesting, right? Because, you know, so throw out Robinhood as an example, right? You can't buy OTC stocks on Robinhood. Once these stocks hit a major exchange and they're in a, a trendy or a growth area, you know, they're going to get interest. So that's where like enthusiast gaming to me Esports, when Fubo uplisted, right? I remember writing an IPO preview article and it was like Fubo uplisting. And I was like, what's Fubo? And I was like, oh, it's the streaming company. And it's like, okay, streaming, that's a growth area. And then Mitch talked about it on pre-market prep, right? And, and he said, hey, I, I like this one, right? And then it ran up. So look at some of those OTC plays too, you know, outside of SPACs, but those uplisting ones, you know, I definitely think is a positive catalyst. 
All right, all right. Looks like the Wall Street's bets is here. The We Bet. The We Bet Wall Street. <laughs> we Bet Wall Street. That that should be that should be a site right there. We Bet Wall Street. Oh, good lord. You you you, you got it. You I see you. I see you, man. Refined Warrior saying that she sees that beautiful uptrend. I she can't blame you. She can't blame you, Chris. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> But yeah, shout, definitely. Like shout you guys out to see our here. chat, guys. Hey, thank you to Chris-opedia, the chat, man. Thank you to the chat today. And guys, we we try to pull as many questions for those interviews from the chat. Some days we don't get a ton of questions. Today there was a lot of questions out there, and we tried to get to a lot of them. You know, so great questions, guys. We try to be as interactive as possible. Um, you know, so I I know, guys, coming up on Power Hour, the thing I'm looking forward to is I, I told you about Esports Entertainment, ticker GMBL. They will actually be having an interview with that company today. That company had news out today that they're going to use idle gaming computers to, to mine Ethereum. I, I wrote that article, so I know the news, but, you know, we're going to hear from the CEO, hear what that's all about and what it means for enthusiasts going forward. Hey guys, you guys heard it here, guys. Go check out Gamble's CEO on the Power Hour starting up now. They should have started up at 12.05. I gave him a little window to start up at 12.06. But like always, guys, definitely give us a like button, give us a share. And and, and this is what we're gonna do, guys. We're gonna rough through this little little rough stage, and then we're gonna go ahead and break out. I have that feeling. I'm gonna stick around. I know Chris will be here giving us the information, like always. And using that brain, using that great hair, and, and we'll, we'll be right here, guys. Uh, I miss, I miss our mascot, Owens. Owens, I, I know the chat talks about them. I, I, yeah, the chat was pissed off the other day when they found yeah, out like, that there's not going to be, cat, man? there's not going to be a cat in the video anymore. My cat, sorry, dude. sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. Roommate's gone. Roommate took the cat, so uh, no more cat. But you, you do got this nice new uh, blue background. I see you, I see so, you blue. I see yeah. you blue. <laughs> All right, baby. But Look at I'll, I'll be saying three more likes. Three more likes, guys. What three are, more likes, words? man. Three more likes. Oh, look, look, look. Even at 100. Three, we gotta get like, 100. like, like, like. He was telling you. He was telling yeah, you. Yeah, there's you guys. the three likes. Let's get to 100, guys, and then tr- go ahead and go over to Power Hour. Let's go. Hey, hey, guys. Let's turn this thing green. Let's turn this thing around. We'll see you next time, guys, on the Specs Attack.